Well, church, as we enter into the sermon moment, the sermonic moment, the preaching moment, hope you know a couple of things. First of all, I hope you know that we love you. We talked a little bit last week about this concept of God loving us, how we should be wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in the love of God, raptured by the love of God. There's so much in the scripture that talks about this. But I hope you also trust us as well. And I hope you know that we value this word. We value the moment to preach. It's one of the things I believe God has gifted me to do, created me to do. But there are some times where even as we open up the Bible, even as we open up the word, even as we preach, even as we give a sermon, it can be impersonal. It can miss the true meaning of what God designs and desires for us to do in this moment. And while information is great, Theology is wonderful. Revelation is amazing. I hope you know that I value it. I hope you see how seriously I take it every single week. But, but there are some times where we don't need information. There are some times where we need some transformation. You know, we talk a lot about the complexity of the word. That's, again, what I'm called by God to do is make the complex as simple as possible, to mine the depths of the text. But, but I think God may today be calling us away from complexity and calling us towards simplicity. God might be calling us to this simple idea. We've talked about alignment in many different contexts over the past four weeks, we talked about the practice of rest and how important it is for our alignment in Sabbath. We talked about gratitude. We talked about obedience last week. We talked about resistance. All important sentiments, all important practices, all important things for us to remember. But there's something else that I feel like we've missed. There's something else that I feel like we have not given proper attention to. And for some of us, these practices will dictate and determine how much alignment we experience in our personal lives. For some of us, it is something complex. For some of us, it is something that needs to be deep and the, the depths of the text need to be mined so that we can really get what God has for us in that. But I think for most of us, I think God is calling us not to something new, but back to something we've already experienced. There is a through line throughout all of the scriptures from the first page of the Bible to the last page of the Bible. It is consistent. It's a common theme. It's a common presence, a common refrain. And from the first page of the Bible to the last page of the Bible, there is a common refrain. And that is the presence of God through the spirit of God. That on Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, it says that the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. That after God said, let there be and there was. That the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. In Revelation 22, at the end, the last page of the Bible, we see that the Spirit of God is still present. The same Spirit that was there before time was is going to be present after time is no longer in existence. The Spirit of God. And the Lord has been dealing with me over the past week, church. I hope you trust me enough to take it here. The Lord has been dealing with me bad. Because we have great services. And our services are so timed tightly. And God has asked the question, have you boxed out the presence of God from your service? Have you boxed out the spirit of God from moving? I know we record this in the middle of the week. I know it doesn't seem like, like God could reach out to you and touch you. And God was challenging me. Do you really think I'm confined by time? Do you really think I'm confined by the building that other people may not be in? Do you really think I'm confined by, by, by chairs or by a stage or by the fact that people are in their living rooms? Do you think my spirit can't reach them? Do you think my spirit can't touch my people? Do you think that the presence of God can abide in the people of God, wherever they may be scattered? It doesn't matter if we're not all together. The presence of God, there's enough of the presence of God for each of us to experience it. And I've been, been convicted by God. We need to get back to the presence of God, church. There are times periodically throughout the history of New Dimensions, and some of you who have been a part of New Dimensions for a while, you're familiar with this, where Pastor Burns would say, Hey, this is, this is the spirit. The spirit has taken over. That there's a move of God that's happening and I can't preach today. I can't lead today. And you know, that, that's something that we wouldn't expect to happen in this context because again, 
It's virtual. It's pre-recorded. But I think God is stepping in today and reminding us, this is my service. This is my church. These are my people. This is my moment. And let nobody, not even me, stand in front of you and grip this mic so tightly that the Holy Spirit can't get in between. And grip this moment so tightly and hold it so dear to me that the Holy Spirit doesn't have free reign to move. God, you have free reign to move however you see fit. That sounds cute for us to say, right? It's something that sounds good. It sounds powerful. God has free reign to move wherever God wants to move. But do we live it? When was the last time you experienced the presence of God, church? For real. Not the moment of singing, not the moment of worship and preaching, all that's good. But when's the last time God invaded your space? When was the last time God kicked the door down of your heart? When was the last time the Spirit of God permeated your room? When was the last time you felt the weight of God's glory, church? When was the last time? I think God wants to remind us what that feels like. I think God wants to challenge us to invite the Spirit of God for real into our homes. No quick announcement, no pithy sermon, no cute one-liners. All that's great and good. Praise God for it. But that's not what changes us, church. That's not what gets us in alignment, church. That's not what corrects the sin in our hearts, church. That's not what gets us lined up with what God has for us. It is only the presence of God by the Spirit of God. And so we welcome the Spirit of God. We welcome the Spirit of God. We're going to sing and have some extended worship. I'll reflect as God leads. Maybe God won't even lead me to reflect. But will you right now open up your hearts and swing the doors of your heart wide open for the Spirit of God to come in? Will you lift up your hands right now? Come on, lift up your hands right now. Will you give God adoration and praise? Will you thank God for how good God is? Will you lift up your hands? Will you stand to your feet? Oh, come on, church. I know it doesn't seem like God can move like this. I know people have told us, you got to be together for God to move. I know people have said, you got to be in the same building for God to move. But I'm here to remind you that the same spirit, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that spirit is present right now, so we welcome you in God. We say welcome. We say have your way, Holy Spirit. We don't want to leave your presence, God. We don't want to evacuate from your spirit, God. We don't want to box your spirit out because we're so concerned with our time and with the transitions and with all the cute things that virtual church has brought us. But will you show us your spirit, God? Will you show us the power of your presence, God? Will you show us how mighty you are, God? Will we leave dignified religion at the door? Will we leave this cute, tidy, nice, neat American Christianity in the trash, God? And will we say, God, move like you've never moved before? We don't think that you're prevented based upon our distance, God. But we think you can move just like you always have right now. And as we sing and as we worship, we ask you to make even our homes, even our living rooms, but especially our hearts, a sanctuary before you, God. Make it a sanctuary. Yeah.
passage in Exodus chapter 33, Exodus 33. Moses is having a conversation with God after Exodus 32 when the children of Israel had erected a golden calf. While Moses was spending time in the presence of the one true God, the children of Israel said, Moses is taking too long, so now let's grab our own gold and our own ornaments and our own jewelry. Let's grab that and and melt it down and make ourselves a, a graven image, a golden idol, a golden calf. And there's something interesting. Moses says he's having this conversation with God. God tells Moses, he says, I don't want to go with y'all. I want my presence to follow after you. Moses says in verse 13, if you're pleased with me, teach me your ways. So I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. And the Lord replied, my presence will go with you. And watch the B clause of this particular, the C clause of this particular verse. My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. My presence will go with you. And what my presence brings is the rest. What my presence brings is peace. What my presence brings is a lack of striving. How much of our striving and our worry and our confusion and our frustration and our angst is tied up in the fact that we're operating without the presence of God? You know what's scary, church? It's scary how much we can do without God's presence. It's scary how much we can accomplish without the Spirit of God. That's scary. It's scary how we could live our lives and act as though the God who says, my presence will go with you and I'll give you rest. The Spirit who's powerful enough to hover over the waters before anything was created. The Spirit who's powerful enough to quicken our bodies. The Spirit who is powerful enough to raise Jesus from the dead. It is fascinating how much we can accomplish without the Spirit of God. There was a gathering of pastors years ago and there a group of pastors who came from overseas. Pastors from across the globe and various continents. And the pastors in the Western context were touring buildings and showing them the edifices and showing them what great things God was doing in the construction, what great things God was doing as they were building extra buildings. And, and they, were, they showed them all the people. Look at how many people we've had to come. Look at how many people come through our parking lots every single weekend. Nothing wrong with that, but the people, the pastors from overseas, they said, that's pretty amazing. And the pastors who were touring them from the West, they said, yes, we know God is doing amazing things. And, and one of the pastors said, no, we mean it's pretty amazing how much y'all can accomplish without the Spirit of God. It's amazing how much you can build with your own power. It's amazing how much you can do and forget that God is the one that gives you the ability to do it. It's amazing how much we can accomplish. It's scary how much we can do without the Spirit of God. But I think God is raising up a group of people and he's raising up some people in this hour 
who say, just like Moses is getting ready to say, God, if your presence does not go with us, we don't want to go. Don't send us there. We know in you we live, we move, we have our being. We find rest in you. We find power in you. We find completeness in you. We don't want to do anything apart from the Spirit of God. It's scary how much we can accomplish, but God, if it means we don't accomplish anything according to what people say, according to how people measure success, according to metrics, according to plans, according to strategies. We don't want to accomplish anything without the Spirit. We don't want it. You can have it. And I think God is raising up a group of people who say, enough is enough. I don't want to live my life apart from the Spirit of God. Is that you today? Are you saying, I want the rest that this presence of God brings? If God's presence goes with me, I know I'll experience rest. I know I'll experience peace. And I may not have what everybody else has. I may not get what everyone else gets. I may not get the opportunities that everyone else has. But I got the Spirit of God. I have the presence of God. And that's all that matters. The presence of God. Will you lift your hands if that's you? You're saying, I'm not going anywhere without the presence of God. It's the presence of God that gives me rest. It's the presence of God that gives me peace. It's the presence of God where my joy is, where my acceptance, where my fulfillment is, all in the presence. God, we need your presence. We need your presence, God. We need your rest, God. We need your peace, God. We need your joy, God. We do so much without you. We do so much, we don't even acknowledge that you exist. We preach cute messages and we sing great songs and we clap our hands at the right time. And we have the right Christian cliches when people ask us how we're doing. But we don't have your presence, God. And we're crying out to you saying, don't let your presence leave us, God. We need your rest, God. We need everything that your presence brings. And if we can have all the stuff without your presence, we don't want any of the stuff, God. Just give us your, just give us you, God. Just give us you, God. Is anyone saying that? Just give us you, Lord. Just give us you, God. We don't want anything else. We just want you, Lord. All we want is your presence, God. Bow down and worship you. Worship you. Oh. Oh, 
worship him. Oh, come on. You ought to get on your knees right now and worship the God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Verse 15 of Exodus 33, then Moses says to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. Why, Moses? Because how will anyone know that you're pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us, God? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? What makes us unique? What makes us different? What's going to distinguish us from every other person? Where's our power? What's the proof of our power? What's the proof of our might? What's the proof? What's the metric by which we judge success? It's the spirit of God. It's the presence of God. Literally, nothing else can distinguish us from any other person, any other group. It's only the presence of God. The Lord says to Moses, verse 17, I will do the very thing that you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. And then Moses says something that I hope is the cry of your heart. Then Moses said, verse 18, now show me your glory. Now, show me your glory, God. Moses is bold enough to ask for God to show the weight, the kavod in the Hebrew, the glory. Show me the weight of how mighty and powerful you are. Show me your splendor. Show me how great you are, God. Show me how powerful you are. Show me what you can do. Show me your miracles, God. Show me how pure and holy you are, God. 
Now, God, show me your glory. When was, the, when was the last time we really asked God to show us the glory? Truth be told, we're so technologically savvy and we're so sophisticated and intellectual that we're afraid of the glory of God. We're scared of it, not in a healthy way, knowing that the glory of God is the very power, the weight, and the gravity of God in the earth. No, that's not what I'm talking about. We're afraid of what it might do to us. How will it look if we get hit with the glory of God? What will it look like for us to ask God to show us the glory? And we're afraid of it, church, and so we don't ask. And God doesn't have permission to move like God really wants to move. It's good. God blesses in the midst of it. We get the overflow. We get the drips and the drops of glory. We get the drips and the drops of holiness and power and weight and majesty. But we don't get the glory of God, the full weight, the full power, the full majesty, the full splendor. I don't know about you. I don't want drips of the presence of God. I don't want a little bit of the presence of God. I want all of God's presence. I want all of what God has for me. I want all of God's power. I want all of God's might. I want everything that God has for me. And we're so full off of other things, we don't have any hunger for God anymore. Where's our hunger, church? Where's our hunger to get up early in the morning? Where's our hunger to stay up late at night? Where's our hunger when, when God wakes us up at 2 a.m., 3 a.m. in the morning and we can't go back to sleep to get on our faces and say, God, what are you trying to tell me in this moment? Maybe it's not insomnia. Maybe it's not my diet. Maybe it's the spirit of God wanting to invade that room. Maybe it's God's presence wanting to break through because God is saying, you've gone through this entire day and this entire week and this entire month and this whole year and you've never asked me to show you the glory. So we come before you, God as people with a whole lot of issues, people with a whole lot of problems, people who don't have it figured out, people who've been saved by grace, people who've been kept by grace, catch us on the right day or the wrong day, we might act out of character, we know. You know it, God. We come before you. As a people, as a body, we say, show us your glory. Before you give us a building, show us your glory. Are you hearing me? Before you bring us back together so we can meet in person, show us your glory. Before you give us blessing and financial increase, show us your glory. Before you raise us up to go to another dimension in you, show us your glory, God. You think God needs conventional means to work? Do you really think God needs conventional means to do what God is already going to do? I hope you're hearing me, church. I hope that's your heart. Hope it's not a game with you. Because God's been wrecking me, messing me up. Saying, why are you living? Why are you living life with the over with drips and drops? I got so much, I got streams that you know not of. I got a river that you don't even know about. I got seas that you haven't even touched yet. I got levels that you haven't even seen. I've got power that you can't even imagine. And you're content with a little here, a little there. No more, church. Show us your glory, God. We ask you to bring the full weight of your presence upon us. In every area of our lives, we don't hold back. We don't say, God, we're going to hold back just a little bit to maintain control. God, show us your, reveal yourself to us, God. 
And it might knock us back and it might shock us and it might overwhelm us and we might not be able to take it. Just like Moses, he couldn't take the full weight of God's glory. We couldn't even live to see all of your glory. But God, as much as you can show us, we don't want to live our lives half-baked, acting like we need partial presence of God and some of our power, acting like we need the omnipotence of God, but a little bit of man's network, a little bit of people's approval and authority. No, we need only your glory, God. If we have your glory, we have power. If we have your glory, we have success. If we have your glory, we have might. If we have your glory, we have authority in the earth, God. If we have your glory, we have the power to go forward and nothing can move us. Show us your glory, God. Show new dimensions your glory, God. We repent right now, God. We repent, God for acting like this is church as usual. We repent, God, for years of being infatuated with things you never cared about. We repent, God, for forsaking our first love. We repent, God, for not going out and telling more people about you. We repent, God, for getting so caught up in things that we weren't supposed to be caught up in, getting so infatuated and wrapped up and tied up and tangled up in what people thought about us, God. We were more concerned with what they said, not with what you had revealed, God. We repent. No more, God. If new dimensions can't go forward without your glory, we don't want to go forward anymore, God. We don't want to go another Sunday without your glory, God. We'll shut it all down. It was a good run. But if we can't have the glory and the might and the power and the majesty of the living God, nothing else is worth it. Show us your glory, God. We come before you. We ask you to create in us a clean heart and renew a right spirit within us. Father, right now, for every single person that has a grudge in their heart, that has bitterness and unforgiveness, you can't bless mess. You can't bless bitterness. You can't bless unforgiveness. Every person, God, who did us wrong, every person who didn't leave the right way, Every person who attacked us as they left. Every person who is still talking about us after they gone. We speak a blessing upon them right now, God. We say, God, would you shower down your grace, your favor, your might, your anointing? Would you show them your glory, God? Would you anoint them to see greater things, God? Would you anoint them to go higher and higher? God, would you purge the bitterness in our hearts? Would you purge the unforgiveness out of our hearts? Would you purge anything that would keep us back from showing love, lingering offenses, seeds of unforgiveness? We want to be pure before you, God. Ain't no person, no thing, no group, no church, no pastor going to keep us from seeing the glory of God. So God, we lay it all on the altar right now. We say none of it. We don't want to get up and still have it in our hearts. If anything lingers right now in the name of Jesus, we ask that you would pluck it up. Take the ax to the root, God. We repent of it. It doesn't matter what they did or what they said. It matters how we live now. God, I pray that you would anoint your people. You put a fire on the inside of us for evangelism. You put a fire on the inside of us for telling the truth. You put a fire on the inside of us for serving your people. You put a fire on the inside of us for going out and representing your name. May you remind us of why we are here. May you remind us of the Great Commission. 
May it saturate your people, God. May it anoint your people right now. God, give us clean hands and pure hearts. Let us walk and act and live in righteousness. May we live holy, God, so that we can see your glory. The glory of the great God. The God who is worthy to be praised. The God who is the name above all names. We say, how great are you, God? How great are you, God? How great are you, God? The God who has so much glory, it can't be contained. We say, how great are you, God? How great you are. How great is our God? Sing with me, how great is our God? Oh, see how great, how great is our God. How great is our God. See me how great is our God. No, see how great, how great is our God. Lift your hands and sing with me. How great is our God. See with me how great is our God. And all will see how great, how great is our God. Oh, he's a name above all. our God. Sing with me how great is our God. And all will see how great, how great is our God. Oh, how great, how great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God, and all will see how great, how great is our God. Oh, he's the name of all names, worthy of all praise, and my heart will sing how great is our God. Oh, he's the name, he's the name of all names. Oh yeah, he is worthy of all praise, and my heart will sing Oh, he's a name above all names. 
stretch my hands towards this camera, God. God, we trust you. We trust you wholeheartedly, God. We trust that you are everywhere, God. Your presence is everywhere, God. And your hand is holding us, oh God. Help us to understand, God, that when, no matter what we're going through, you have us in the palm of your hand, God. And you're shaping and you're purging, God. And you're renewing, God. And you're giving strength, oh God. And you're replacing our sadness with joy, oh God. So God, right now, I pray for your people, God. Your sons and your daughters, oh God. That God, they will begin to rise up and know who they are in your name, oh God. That they will begin to rise up and know who they serve. We serve an awesome God. We serve a mighty God. We serve a God that wins every battle. We serve a God that defeated the grave. We serve God that defeated death, oh God, so that no matter what we go through, God, you will win the battle, oh God, of our lives, oh God. And so God, we trust you, oh God. Open our hearts and our minds, oh God so that we will receive you, oh God. Let your presence hover over us each day, oh God. From the time we awake, oh God, to the time we go to sleep at night, God. Your presence, God, is amazing, God. So God, I pray for your people that they will be strengthened today, that they will wake up in the morning and know that they know, that they know, that they know, that they serve an awesome God. Have your way in their lives, oh God. God, we praise you. We, you are so worthy of so much more. We give you everything, oh God. Have your way in us, oh God. In Jesus' name. Well, church, I know that was a little bit uh, different. Maybe that wasn't what you were expecting for today's service, 
But I hope that you felt the presence of God and feel the presence of God in your home. I'm recording this in my home and we feel the presence of God. I feel the presence of God. And let me just say this, maybe it's been implied and assumed, but let's make the the implicit explicit, so to speak. We are here because the greatest news we could ever receive is that there is a God who knows us, sees us, loves us, and values us, and expects nothing from us except for surrender, except for our allegiance. That's it. That's the greatest news we can receive. That's why we praise. That's why we worship. That's why we commit our lives to a countercultural way. That's why we call ourselves followers of Jesus, is because there is a God who is greater than us, who loves us, knows us, cares about us, and sacrificed on our behalf when there was no precondition that God would have to or should. That out of love, sacrifice flowed. And in the midst of this season where there are so many confusing things, let's get back to the simplicity of why we are here. We are here because we follow Jesus. And I hope that the presence of God is not just a one-time event, not just an emotional experience, but it's a gateway towards relationship and deeper relationship with Jesus. And so whether or not you have accepted that, whether you have been in church your entire life, I encourage you to, to re-accept what is already accepted, right? I encourage you to reaffirm your relationship with Christ. But then if you haven't, I want to welcome you. There's so many metaphors for our relationship with Jesus. I want to welcome you to a table. And I want to welcome you to a table where a seat has already been prepared for you, where a meal has already been prepped and and cooked for you, where people already love you, where the host of the table has already welcomed and invited you. And all you have to do is come, sit at the table, profess allegiance to the host, and all the blessings of the table are are available to you. And beyond that, you will find family, you will find home, you will find true satisfaction. That's why we are here. That's why we serve Jesus. Doesn't take a fancy prayer, doesn't take you explaining doesn't take you making sense of what's happened before. doesn't take you trying to measure up to an ideal. None of that. What it takes is your surrender. You just saying, yes, God, I don't know all the right words, but I know the way I've been living. It's not the way I should keep living. I know what I've been doing hasn't been working. I know the things that are deep in my heart. There's a gap. There's something that, that needs to be filled, and I don't know what to do to fill it. So God, would you come and fill God, would you come and inhabit my soul and complete and connect all the gaps that I've had previously? This is the great invitation of Jesus that we would forsake our way for his way. And so if that's you right now, I just want you to lift up your hands and I want you to say, God, I surrender. Jesus, I'll serve you. Holy Spirit, I'll submit to you and I'll follow after you. Wherever it takes me, wherever it leads me, whatever happens, I'm in. (laughs) I commit. I surrender. And if that's you and you've prayed that prayer or recommitted in that prayer, I want you to type home in the comments. We want to send you a little form that you can fill out, just something that can get you connected and acclimated into what it means to really be a follower of Jesus and to deepen that relationship with Jesus. And let me encourage you, it's not supposed to be something that's simple or easy but it is something that will ultimately bring the greatest eternal reward that you could ever imagine, a relationship with Jesus. This is the greatest news you could ever receive. And in the midst of this, I just want to encourage you that if you're you're struggling, if you're frustrated, if you're angry, if you're discontent, come home. Come home. (laughs) What am I supposed to do? I don't know come home. What's it going to look like if I, I don't know, come home, come home. And as you come home, I believe what you'll find is that everything you search for has already been achievable. It's already been attainable right here. And so I hope that you will do that. Type home in the comments if you're recommitting, reaffirming, or if you're making that decision for the first time. We love you. We thank you for trusting us even to be able to, to make that invitation to you and to lead you in the presence of God. 
And, and let me encourage you also that tomorrow on International Women's Day, we're going to have an incredible panel hosted by Pastor Mylena Burns. And I am so proud of her. The We Are More panel is going to be a blessing to you. So tune in tomorrow night at 7 p.m. at NDCC Pensacola's Facebook or YouTube page. And there are amazing women that are going to encourage and uplift you. And as you go throughout the rest of this week, I pray that the Lord's blessings would abide upon you that you have peace and power to face everything, and that you remember to never leave the presence of God. It's the only place where you'll find true fulfillment. It's the only place that offers you full acceptance, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter where you want to go. It's all found in the presence of Jesus. So I hope that you are able to walk in that. This is giving you a little jet fuel to get through the week and that you will continue to follow after Jesus. Well, once again, I'm Pastor Tyler. Thank you so much for tuning in. We love you. We'll see you next week. Peace.